All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. You know what? I'm going to start this show off Do with it. a very special happy birthday to my niece. Yes, yes. happy birthday. She is eight. Oh my, time I know. flies. What yep. a good age. Yep, so she's still uh, living the dream. <laughs> so, so if you had the opportunity to go back to eight years old, would you accept that opportunity? I don't know if I would or not. Really? Yeah, I really love how my life is right well, now. That's awesome. I don't know if it would turn out much different if I went back at eight. I'd probably be very kind of sad just yeah. knowing how the world works. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have some discussion about that today. Yes. Uh, but I think, you know, Sarah and I were kind of messaging back and forth throughout the week and the current events as far as automotive and and some of the changes in the, you know, overnight sometimes. I know um, we talked last week, um, we went to a Vision Expo in Overland Park, Kansas. You had some um, news articles from Overland Park of some of the things we discussed. So we're going to revisit some of that. And then, uh, you know, we drove up there, I think, on a Wednesday. And when I came home on Sunday, diesel had gone up over a dollar a gallon from in that four-day window, which is absolutely crazy. Which is also fueling some of the uh, theft around, so we need to talk about that today. Before we get in too far, Sarah, I've, I've got to uh, kind of give a, I don't know if it's a confession or what, but, um, you know, I keep things real. I always have here on the show, and we had really stepped out of line with one of the listeners. He had brought his vehicle in for an inspection. There's a whole lot of things, but we had basically not performed a very good service for him and it took him most of the day to be able to get it to another location finally i was able to be freed up because i have a very full pipeline all the time i'm not using that as an excuse um, but it takes me a minute sometimes to get to things because i am very very busy as well as all the shops so long story short he had come in for an inspection we did not conduct ourselves the way that i you know make sure that i portray us and what we work towards we're not perfect we made a mistake so for that I have to say we dealt with it. I made sure and got him taken care of. It was a little bit longer and took more of his time, and time's expensive. I'm on, I understand that. But I needed to share that with you all out there. Things happened. We dealt with it. We've moved on, and we continue to work at things every day. We are not perfect, uh, but we were held accountable, and I believe that we stepped up and dealt with it. So, Sarah, does that make any sense to you? You know, I like the fact that you can own your mistakes. Yeah. It happens, it you does. know? Sometimes you put your foot in your mouth or sometimes it things does. happen. Yeah. But if, if you're not doing nothing, you're not doing anything that doesn't go right. That's but right. But if you can lot. own it. Yeah. There you so, go. We owned it. So that's what I needed to talk about as far as that goes. But this is, I guess, Sarah, I think this is going to be kind of a public service announcement show, if we will. Is that does that seem more accurate of I what think we're so. going to talk about? I think that the, the main topic here today, we've got two of them. It's yeah. basically crime and your vehicles yeah. and those two words do not go well together no not at all it you know you work hard for your vehicle you work hard to keep it going you know we've done show after show after show trying to get as many miles out of this investment as possible and then because of the climate of things all of a sudden your vehicle is now a target and that just kind of occurred to me sarah that you know because fuel is so expensive catalytic inverters is so expensive they're targeting 
our vehicles and you don't want to be that low-hanging fruit. Does that make any sense? Oh, most definitely. And I have pulled article after article of the topic that we are going to be covering just here shortly. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, it's starting to really become a dominant thing yeah. across the country, as well as here in Missouri. Well, in mainstream news, Sarah and I messaged back and forth across uh, news stations here in Missouri and across the country of the crazy theft. We've done show after show on catalytic converters, but that's still happening. So you you need to be mindful of that every day. We've had, I can't tell you how many, I know I fixed one this week already, um, and the guys have probably done many, many this week, and that's always an expense that, you know, is unneeded. You know, typically you don't all of a sudden randomly the catalytic converter falls off your vehicle under normal conditions, But now we're shifting gears into the inflated fuel prices being a target. And they're not only targeting the individual, and a lot of times the collateral damage of the fuel theft is worse than the fuel being stolen, they're targeting gas stations as well. So um, one of the situations, Sarah, that I had sent you a video was they had modified a van to where, I believe this was in Texas, if I remember right, that they pulled up to the gas station, they opened the hatch where they fill the underground tanks, and they sucked out almost 400 gallons of diesel at a time. Unbelievable. So when you watch that video, what was your kind of first, uh, like, response to that i mean it, it was kind of a shock but i don't think like a criminal I so i just i couldn't believe that somebody thought of that yeah it, it's amazing the effort people put into being deceitful i guess is is i don't know the way i think about it um so they had hit that gas station i think three or four days in a row that got a little over a thousand gallons which you know, at today's price was probably five to six thousand dollars worth of diesel from a locally owned. Not that it's okay if it's big corporation. I'm not saying that, but this hit somebody's pocketbook big time. And finally, one of the people figured out that hey, there was a discrepancy in their fuel. And that video, they had chased him away. But you know, I don't know that they've caught them at this point in time. But that cost cost of doing business is going to have to get passed on to somebody else, whether they make an insurance claim on it or they just raise the price is to compensate so essentially all of us out there that don't think like criminals end up paying for all that theft which is just incredible um and you know i was a little hesitant to talk about it here on the radio but i don't feel like there's probably a lot of criminals that listen to ksgf do you reckon i hope not yeah (laughs) the the people that i meet that come into the store that i i see out you know they're just absolutely the cream of the crop as far as quality of person i guess so when i talk about this it's it's you know when we bring it up and and sarah and i go back and forth about some of these show you know it's because you guys are so great out there that we need to make sure you're aware that this is happening and i think sarah you sent me an article that was from overland park kansas is that right i did and i also pulled a article and well it's a news station story and i have the audio for you oh, so okay. i figured that we could go ahead and play that yeah, i would love that. if you would so kindly allow me to do so sure. price of gas isn't bad enough now someone's been going around stealing gas from others and the theft is costing car owners a lot more than it would to fill up news that reporter denny stillen tells us how the thieves are doing it You would think someone is simply siphoning the gas, but no, someone is drilling holes into the car's gas tank. 
and letting the gas drain out. The guy heard him come out and, you know, ran around his car and got back in and he had a gas tank. And then he could hear and smell all the gas pouring out of his truck. Michelle King says her husband saw a suspicious man carrying a small gas can near his truck one morning. The Kings believe that man drilled this hole in the gas tank. We just watched all the gas pour out onto the street and the guy just had a little can so he had maybe gotten a gallon or two out of all of that. King soon learned through social media the same thing happened to many others across Edgewood, Kirkwood and East Atlanta. She didn't know anything was wrong with her car until she got about two miles down the road. The light turned green and the car cut off. So no go. She knew she had just filled up the night before, but tried to put more gas into it anyway. I look up under my car, $75 worth of gas is flooring on the ground now like honey. Her mechanic told her someone had drilled a hole in her tank. These are the metal shavings. She's frustrated and angry. This is very costly. Um... Like a tank for my car was anywhere from $700 and up. Like some people tanks are $2,000 depending on the type of vehicle you have. This is causing a lot of trouble for people. I'm told initially not many people called police about this, thinking nothing could be done. But now, thanks to social media, more and more people are coming together. They're sending videos and images of the person they think is doing it and the car that he is driving, hoping police can put an end to the gas thefts. In Atlanta, Denise Dillon, Fox 5 News. Well, I wanted to start off with that because this is kind of how I had first heard of this. But a couple days after I saw that story or I heard that story, I saw one in Fox 4 Kansas City, which is the Fox affiliate in the Kansas City metro area. And they have an article titled Kansas City Area Thieves Drilling into Vehicle Gas Tanks to Steal Gas. So even though that that story that you heard was from Atlanta, Mm -hmm. it is making its way to Missouri as well. And, you know, it's It's bad enough they get the fuel, but as you heard in that segment, and I've had them unfortunately here in Springfield already come in, and the damage to that fuel tank is really not repairable. Um, You know, it's not something you can weld. Most tanks are plastic at this point for most of you out there listening, and there's not a great safe repair for that. That's not something that you can just patch up and fix. And so the cost of having that and getting it back on the road is a big deal. Sarah and I are going to get more in detail, but we are going to step into a break. We'll be right back in a Welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah and I are going through some things that folks need to be aware of because it's hitting very close to home. So your article, Sarah, was out of Kansas City, where they're drilling holes in the bottom of fuel tanks. Yes. So a little bit into the article, it says Overland Park and Independence Police say they've recently taken reports of thieves drilling into vehicle gas tanks and stealing the fuel inside. It happened twice last week, and officers had a couple of ones in, I believe... Overland Park Mm -hmm. the week before that. Which was actually the week we, that's where our uh, convention was. Yeah. And I think I shared with you all the, if it was 
even if it was bolted down, people were stealing it. So it also makes a mention, and you can correct this article if it's wrong, but thieves have taken into consideration drilling into gas tanks instead of siphoning gas mm-hmm. just because it's easier. Yep. And I don't know if that's because there's new like modifications to gas tanks yep. whenever you have to like put the little nozzle in and there's like a little door. I don't know if any of that matters. So, yes, it absolutely does. You know, back in the day, um, you know, it was pretty much just an open tube that you went down into the fuel tank. And it's it's changed over the years. And a lot of that is safety regulations. I actually have something called a rollover valve in the neck or in the either the piping going down to the fuel tank or in the fuel tank itself. So that actually came up not to disparage thieves at all, but if you ever got in a rollover accident and the you know fuel neck or something was disturbed, all the fuel wouldn't pour out. So it was a safety thing that they designed in these tanks, which when you're buying a new tank or a filler neck, depending on where it's located, it raises the cost of that. As well as the tanks used to be kind of just conveniently located. I know I've had a lot of old, like, 70s model trucks that you literally sat on the fuel tank. It was behind the seat. The void on a regular cab truck, which they found very quickly wasn't a good place for it. Obviously, you don't want to sit on top of all that fuel. So what they have done now is they're pretty much molded underneath the vehicle. So they're very specific, and it takes quite a bit more to make them through that manufacturing process than it did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Long story short is they continued to change and the safety regulations went up. Um, You can Google there were a lot of um, poorly designed vehicles that if you got in a T-bone collision, the, the gas tank would rupture. As well as the metal was, you know, not something that deals well with the ethanol. So most of it's plastic and you can kind of crush plastic without it ripping or tearing. It's more pliable. And they designed that rollover valve. So long story short, you cannot get a siphon hose down in most cars. Even if you get the the um, the gas cap off, and that's how people have tried to deter thieves in the past was buying a locking gas cap. A lot of times that triggers a check engine light, by the way, kind of a side note because they don't seal properly because you're not using the factory gas cap. So locking fuel caps really are not a good solution to this. Um, And most of the time what they've done, to your point in the article, is instead of messing with all that, they literally just reach under there and poke a hole in the tank, and then they catch or hopefully part of the the fuel running out. So I, I never dreamed of this. I mean, it, while you're you know going through your day, you know I'm sure you don't ever think, oh, you know, if I get bored today and I need some fuel, I'm gonna go poke a hole in somebody's tank. Is that not crazy? It is absolutely crazy. So I wanted to ask you about if this does happen to somebody. Mm-hmm. Is there a way, and I, you kind of hinted at it, but I figure I'll go ahead and ask it sure. anyways. Is there a way that if somebody does do this, I mean, if it's a smaller hole, I don't yeah. know. Is there a way to patch those? So I wish that there was. I truly do. But we're dealing with a lot of liability at that point. So no, there's not a good way. Um, you know, they make plastic welders out there, and I actually have one and I'm pretty good at it. But I will not do it on a fuel tank because that is no longer one continuous piece of plastic. Basically, I have a seam in there somewhere, even if I get a good weld on there, that if it expands at a different rate, you know, maybe it's not leaking out immediately after somebody fixed it. 
But over time, that is going to be a different material in there as far as what I patched it or whoever patched it. I won't do it, by the way. Um, that no, a gas tank replacement, unfortunately, is the only approved repair for that kind of problem. How much does something like that cost? So I have had them here in Springfield already where oh we have had people, um, they targeted higher capacity vehicles, you know, to the article you played earlier, um, you know, typically the biggest gas can I know I have is five gallons. So you're not going to fit a five-gallon gas can under a car. You're going to have to catch it in a pan. It's going to be this whole process. So in reality, I bet when somebody does that, they get less than five gallons. But I know my vehicles, you know, they're sometimes 30-gallon tanks. So the rest of that runs out on the ground, which is even more of a tragedy in my opinion. Um, So they're not catching a whole lot of it, but they don't care because it's free to them. And it's, you know, clearly they don't have morals, I guess. Um, Long story short, it is damaged. And the one that the ones that we've had, I've actually had more than one. Um, It was a commercial vehicle and they had targeted it because it sat, you know, most of the time. It wasn't like your daily driver, like you and I are going to work and, you know, doing all the normal life stuff. They targeted it because it sat. They were able to scout. They're scouting a lot of this stuff. And that gas tank, I think it was well over $1,000 to fix that oh vehicle. Gosh. And, I, you know, normally, Sarah, you know I don't talk about pricing very much out there, but it can range anywhere from four to 500 to 12 1500 depending on what it is. And with the availability of parts right now, sometimes we're waiting. I think it took us a week to get that one. And this particular company decided to sell and get out of that part of the business because it was so costly. They had stolen the catalytic converters off this van several times. Um, I think that they had done something with a locking gas cap because on this commercial vehicle, it didn't have that rollover valve. And so they got it once through siphoning. And then when they when you put that blockade essentially that you couldn't siphon it anymore the second time is when they had poked a hole in the tank so uh you know a lock keeps an honest person honest pretty much but these thieves they will get very creative is there like a specific type of vehicle that thieves would target i mean not just vehicles Mm -hmm. that set i'm talking like specific make and models so if it sits up off the ground, kind of along the same lines of catalytic converters, sometimes on very expensive converters, they'll jack the vehicle up. But what I'm seeing a lot of times on the fuel theft is it's higher profile vehicles, you know, to where it sits off the ground 12, 18 inches. It's a van. It's a large truck. Uh, obviously, the cost of fuel is going to affect it. So, you know, if... If gas right now, I think it's probably what like three seventy something mm-hmm. a gallon. Diesels, you know, four seventy a gallon. It behooves them, and it's easier typically because diesel vehicles are higher profile vehicles. And the fuel, as far as like you know, uh, the 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 reward. That's probably not the right word for that, but the booty that they have stole basically. Um, it, it adds up more. It's a dollar something more a gallon for the diesel. So those are my folks I would probably warn most. And if you have like stored fuel, you need to be protecting that too. You need to keep it under lock and key. My biggest uh, probably advice is if you have a garage that you can lock your vehicle in, do it. Um, we're seeing a lot of fleets that have fences around them, barbed wire, 
chain link, six, eight feet tall, and they're still getting into those fleets and nailing them. Um, they're just kind of a, a tempting target for thieves, I guess, is the best way I could put it. I might also add to that if you are parking out somewhere, maybe you're going to leave your car for a couple of days mm-hmm. or overnight somewhere. Yep. Make sure that you're parking in a well-lit area. Absolutely. And if possible, make sure to park somewhere that is kind of well-traveled Yeah. because, you know, it's going to make it harder for the thieves to get under your car and steal your catalytic converter or steal your your gas if there's traffic going or if mm-hmm. there's foot traffic. Yeah. Uh, what about if you're parking in a parking garage? That we have seen that, especially with some of our hospitals that have those, Mm -hmm. you know, they have security staff and I'm sure they're doing everything they can, but that's a lot of things to keep an eye on. So yeah, you don't want to park off in a corner somewhere. You don't want to, you know, typically I like to park and sometimes I'll drive around to where the stairs or the elevators are to where there's a lot of access and a lot of people walking through there. If I'm way back in a corner somewhere, you're more apt to have people mess with your vehicle and, you know, steal random things, let alone poke a hole in your fuel tank. Not only do you have to replace the fuel, then you've got to get it to a shop. Um, And this probably goes without saying, but you need to have that vehicle towed. Um, When you crank a vehicle up, typically they're a brush and armature starter, and small sparks are created underneath there. So if you do get a whiff of it and stick your head under there, you need to make sure that you're not cranking on that vehicle because those sparks can cause a fire, and I don't want anybody in that that space. Uh, Sarah and I are going to continue covering some of this after we get back from the break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. A1 Custom Car Care, basically talking about how not to be a victim, I guess. Is that probably the the biggest, hopefully glaring thing, Sarah, that we're trying to get out to folks? I think so. And, you know, one of the biggest crimes that we've been talking about here lately is catalytic converters. But we have a new one that's kind of popping up thanks to the soaring gas prices. Yes. And that is people drilling holes into gas tanks and yep. just letting the gas run out after they get what they want. So I don't know whether it was the article you sent me. I think it was, Sarah, but uh, one of the... Um, police facilities said that the people were kind of scouting gas stations and people that they could see filling up mm-hmm. and following them home. I don't remember if it was in that article or if it was a different one I read throughout the week, but um, you know, these folks basically they don't have anything better to do, apparently. They obviously don't have jobs, otherwise, they wouldn't be targeting people's fuel sources. And so you need to be mindful of that. You know, if you've got some weird car following you around, you know, uh, I work on this with my kids quite a bit. They probably think dad's a weirdo, but uh, situational awareness is one of the biggest things. And I know that was a uh, Matt Canovey. Uh, I took several lessons from him when uh, I was getting into concealed carry and whatnot. But that was his biggest thing that he preached. And I find it very true. More than just being a concealed carry holder is that you need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to make sure that if somebody's looking at you sideways at the gas station and they follow you or out, don't be oblivious. Don't just, you know, crank the radio up and think you're, you know, going home. Uh, If they saw you spend, um, and I actually recently did this, um, I was at a diesel pump there in Nixa. Super nice guy happened to pull up right across. And, of course, I like to make small talk with folks. And he had a beautiful, you know how I like my F-250s and 350s. He had a beautiful King Ranch or Platinum, uh, very late model F-250. So him and I were chatting about it. And 
uh, I ended up having $146 of diesel that I had put in my truck and he was like a buck 20 in his truck. So, you know, I'm not a dirt bag, obviously, but that would be a prime person that they would be looking for. So you need to be aware of what's going on to your point earlier, park lit lighted areas, you know, don't, uh, don't be that easy target. You know, if it's too inconvenient, unfortunately, and I don't mean this for the next guy or gal down the road, but if you're a hard target, typically they're not going to put that much effort into stealing or dealing or having to overcome some of those obstacles. They're going to go down the street to somebody that's not, uh, you know, kind of easy pickings or is easy pickings, I guess, if you will, not prepared. And they're going to be their problem, unfortunately. I know that sounds bad. I feel awful saying it like that. Well, and that just made me think one of the things that I would do quite a bit. My husband is in the military and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this or not, but he would go on uh, ATs. That's Uh what they're called. So he would be gone for like two weeks or three weeks, things like that. And I would not let his vehicle set for the mm-hmm. full three weeks because, you know, if it doesn't move for a day or two, you yep. know, that, make, that makes sense. You know, maybe they're home for the weekend or they've yep. got a couple of days off. But if it sets for three weeks or two weeks, even a week, uh, that's definitely going to be noticeable, especially uh-huh. people that are, you know, watching that area. So yeah. if you do have a vehicle that sets quite a bit, maybe... It's an elderly family member mm-hmm. that only just goes and gets groceries or medicine, you know, every yeah, couple of weeks month, yeah. yeah, or once a month. Just have them move it, you mm-hmm. know, maybe drive it down the road and make sure that it's noticeable that it's been yeah. moved. You know, maybe you can park it in a different parking spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can back it in. Maybe you can park a little bit further up yep. or, you know, closer up, whatever that case is. Make sure that it's noticeable that it is moving and that the owner is paying attention to it. That is very, very good advice. And I think something pretty easy folks can do. Right. um, As well as, you know, to your point, I know I've revisited this and you brought it up earlier. Lighting is a big deal. Lighting is a huge, huge thing. You don't want to be that, you know, where they can hide in the shadow kind of thing. So, you know, if you don't have a garage, hopefully there's some motion lights out there. If the motion lights don't work, make sure they're working. If you are um, going to leave your vehicle in public for very long, you definitely, you know, if you can versus say you're going on some kind of a deployment or an event or whatever, if you can have somebody drop you off and pick you up, I know that's a pain in the butt. I hate being without my, you know, transport to get home, but I would hate it much worse to come home and have no fuel in the tank, have a leaky tank to deal with, or have a catalytic converter missing. Um, And I've unfortunately had enough experience with people bringing those disabled vehicles into us to get taken care of. Um, I love fixing broken cars. I hope that comes out, you know, across and everybody understands that. And I'm very thankful to be a part of a team of folks that love fixing broken cars. I don't get joy out of fixing vandalized cars. The, the 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 silver lining is that I can do it as reasonably priced as possible. Um, if I could get the parts for free, that'd be great. But the parts cost money, and it takes time to get them installed. And a lot of times, the other damage that happens when people are 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 stealing, whether it's a catalytic converter, is it drives the cost up, or if they're stealing your fuel. It drives the cost up because they damaged your tank. You know, it's not just putting the gas back in there. 
something I do that just occurred to me. They have uh, fuel tank patch kits, Sarah, that they sell in the parts stores. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I've tried them over the years on different farm equipment and lawnmowers I've had. I do not recommend them. They have not worked for me long term. Sometimes it'll be a short term kind of deal, but gas, especially with the amount of ethanol that's in it and diesel as well, it's a, a very intrusive fluid. It's very hard to seal up a leak, a crack, a hole, whatever the case may be. So identifying when this happens, or hopefully, God forbid, it doesn't, you know, but if it does happen, um, you know, hopefully you have a sense of smell. But uh, many of us out there due to the oh, last couple of years have lost that sense of smell. And you guys can uh, connect the dots on why that is. I'm sure, you know, we're not the only folks out there. Um, but just be mindful. I'm a big uh, check your gauges person. I I sweep my gauges constantly while I'm driving. That's part of the technician in me. I you know I don't want an overheat. I don't want loss of oil pressure. I don't want to run out of fuel. I want to make sure that the RPMs are where they're supposed to be. That my you know so I use my gauges all the time. So if you know you're familiar and you're doing that on a regular basis, you key up the car and it doesn't have any fuel in it. That's obviously a very easy way to see. I don't run my vehicles less than a quarter tank. Period. Uh, many reasons. The biggest one is it's very hard on fuel pumps. The fuel in the tank is a coolant for that pump. It's submerged in gas or diesel, depending on what your application is. So when you get it below a quarter, you drastically reduce the life expectancy of that pump. So be mindful of that. Hopefully, if you do have a smeller that works, if your nose is still working good, um, take that. And then, you know, the other thing is you got to get down on a knee and you got to look under there. If you if anything keys you to do that. Now, I don't do that every time I go to my vehicle. But if you get a whiff of it or any kind of inclination, you got to check it and, and hopefully don't start and drive the vehicle. That's a that's a big risk. So does that make any sense, Sarah? You think that's a, a good game plan, if you will? I think so. Now, after you find out that this mm -hmm. has happened, what are the next steps that somebody should take? So definitely, and I don't know whether the, it probably depends on what police department you're dealing with, but you need to file a claim. You need to get a police report of some kind started and get with your insurance company. Because a lot of times if you're full coverage, if you're liability, I'm sorry, you're on your own. There's, there's. I doubt a policy that's going to cover that. So you get to foot the bill on all that. But if you have full coverage, I have seen them uh, step up. You're going to have to pay your deductible, obviously. But they will take care of a lot of the brunt of that because that was a vandalized item. Now, with that being said, you know, you got... Um, the fuel tank part of it is a very expensive item, the catalytic converters. A lot of times what I'm seeing these insurance companies do is they'll cover it one time. So, for instance, that commercial customer I talked about, they ended up selling that van off after we fixed it, I believe, and they went to renting U-Hauls when they needed a box van. They just decided that the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze to own that piece of equipment anymore, so they're going to you know, rely on U-Haul to be their um, facilitator when they need that higher profile vehicle. And I'm sure those big companies like U-Haul is dealing with that. I actually had a friend who used to work for U-Haul and the crazy stories. Do we have a moment, Sarah? Mm -hmm. So he literally told me he was in their mechanical division. So when you brought back a, a vehicle that needed something or checked out, he was one of the team that fixed it. And he said you would have people rent trucks 
and then they would return the trucks with old wore out tires on there. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they would break the tires down off the rims. They would put old junky tires on there. They would keep the new tires and drive it back and leave it for U-Haul. Well, what happens? U-Haul's a company. They're they're got to make money, right? So they have to build that into the cost of when you and I go and rent a U-Haul, we got to pay part of those tires. And that just drives me nuts. That's like the the people think that, you know, uh, you know, everybody just needs to pay more taxes so they can, you know, live off the government, which is just absolutely absurd. Uh, we got one more segment. We're going to kind of wrap this uh this this uh PSA show up right after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. A couple other PSA announcements that Sarah and I are going to go over. Uh, Sarah, do you like your air conditioning in your car? Oh, absolutely. So if it's a heat index of 105, you expect that to work. I do. All right. So I'm going to lay a little bit of a bomb on you then. Um, so your car has R134A. That's the refrigerant that's in the car. And most of you out there listening, by the way, that's what's in yours. If you have a 2017 to 2019, they've got a new uh, 1234YF. That'll be the refrigerant that they're transitioning to. Um, you probably, you were definitely probably way too young, but back in the day, they used to have R12. Have you ever heard of that refrigerant, Sarah? Mm-mm. Some of you out there probably do if you've, uh, you know, been driving a vehicle. So through the, like the first air conditioning that came out in cars, R12 was the refrigerant that they used. Well, they decided at, at a point, probably I'm going to say late eighties, early nineties, that they needed to phase that out and go to a. 134A, which is what we've had for decades at this point. Here's why this matters. When that happened, my dad was working at dealerships. I was a very young kid, uh, but I can remember that it had driven the price of R12 through the roof, where at one point you could buy R12 for, you know, pennies on the dollar. Some of those little bitty, uh, you know, 12, 16 out cans were now $400, dollars $800 wow. because they weren't making it anymore. So it just inflated the price of that refrigerant. Well, we're, you know, if you pay attention, uh, I can't remember what the saying is, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Well, they're phasing out R134A. DuPont, I believe, was the one of the biggest manufacturers of this refrigerant. They made 40% of the world's supply, and they have just decided that they are no longer going to make it at all. So you've chopped the supply chain by 40%, along with all the other shenanigans that are going on with our supply chain. But now, all of a sudden, there's that much less inventory for all of us to use. So it's very difficult to cage a gas, and that's what refrigerant is. It's a gas. It does change from gas to liquid for all of my techie folks out there. That's how refrigeration works. But in the big scheme of things, it's a gas most of the time as you and I are dealing with it. So where I could get refrigerant for a very reasonable price just last year, it has quadrupled in price. So it's going to cost everybody, me included, much more for that same refrigerant. So if you have an issue with your air conditioning system and your refrigerant that you now have and it's working leaks out, 
you're going to have to buy it, and it's going to quadruple. And I bet we haven't seen the top of it because I always see the top of the price around August. That's when the biggest need and demand is for refrigerant and your AC system to be working. When you know, you're know you going to a business meeting, you're going to a soccer game, you're leaving all that, we all are used to having air conditioning at this point in time. And if you have or... Um, I'm, I would encourage people to be proactive. I would encourage people to get their air conditioning checked, make sure that it is filled to capacity, make sure there's good clean oil in there to prevent failures. So if your system gets a little low on refrigerant, it also gets a little low on oil. The oil rides on the refrigerant. Um, I, I've had people argue that point and maybe, you know, somebody can prove me wrong, but I've had, I've yet to have that happen. When you have a leak, a big way that we identify where the leak is, is you will see an oily residue or we put a dye in there and it will show us where the leak is to fix it. That's a normal process that we do all the time. So the only way that happens is the oil rides on the refrigerant as it moves through the system. When it runs low on refrigerant, it also runs low on oil. If we can catch it early, it prevents you from starving the AC compressor for oil. We can fix the leak, identify it, obviously, then fix it, get the system working back like it's supposed to, and we're not overworking that air conditioning system in the middle of August, and then it self-destructs, and then we got a big problem. So the biggest thing right now is you should get it checked. If you do have a problem, it's going to be cheaper to fix it now than it will in August because it's going to cost more to fix it, and you're going to be cool while you're rolling around listening to your tunes. How much does it cost to have your AC checked? So I don't want to tell everybody, but it's somewhere usually between 50 and $100 at most facilities. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for the dealer or whatever, but it should be in that range. Usually takes 30 minutes to an hour, somewhere around there. At that point in time, the normal process is we're going to see how well the system's able to work, and we have a process that we look at pressures and the temperature drop across the condenser and the evaporator, make sure that it's able to compress the system, move the Freon efficiently, and we're also going to weigh it. So all of the cars out there at this point in time, it is a scaled amount. So we evacuate the system when we measure what's in there now versus what's supposed to be in there, and that tells me a couple of things. If we have a leak, how big the leak really is. So if you have a 16-ounce system or an 18-ounce system and I recover 12 ounces and you haven't had an AC service done in, say, the last five to eight years, you may have a very, very minor leak. And that's not something I'm super concerned about. What I want to make sure is that it stays close to that 16 ounces with the correct amount of oil in there. Now, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, they have these oils. You don't want to over-oil the system. There is a measurement of how much oil is supposed to be in that system, and we need to determine that because I don't want to oversaturate the system and flood it, basically, because that won't work either, as well as we've talked many, many times, these over-the-counter sealers and stop leaks absolutely automatically destroy your AC system. So do not use them. And God forbid if you do, and if you do, do not bring it to the shop and not tell whoever it is that's looking at it because then I suck that into our AC machine 
and it's several thousand dollars to have that fixed. And I've I've had it happen. And again, kind of along the same lines of gas prices are going up, repair prices are going up, people are going to attempt to do some DIY stuff that maybe they wouldn't normally. And that with uh, refrigerant going up and doing that same thing, people will attempt it, you know, and not know. And then they damage and cost themselves thousands of dollars and then me thousands of dollars sometimes. So that's just kind of a sidebar. You know, if it's too good to be true, um, yeah, they may give you a money back guarantee for your 1995, but that doesn't cover the 12 to 15, $1,800 worth of damage it did to your system. So be mindful of that. If you don't know what you're doing, please don't and take it to somebody at 50 to 100 bucks, get it checked out. Not a big deal. And regardless, I think that this is really great that we're talking about this, even though we're talking about it more on the shortages slash inflation. And tomorrow is the first day of spring. So it's like, uh, even though it's, you know, we're talking about it in a different aspect. It's a really good spring maintenance thing to do. It's it's even more than insurance. It's proactive to stave off some of those high dollar repairs Mm -hmm. and make sure that in August when you're going to a wedding or to church and you're all dressed up in your fancy, fancy clothes that you're not sweating to death and just you know miserable by the time you get to whatever event and that you're ready and prepared for those those big events whether it's work or not you know whatever um nobody wants to be dying as a kid we didn't have air conditioning i don't know about you um and so it was you know windows down wind so noisy i think actually um and i need to look this up but there was a stat i ran onto at one point that the the loud wind noise creates hearing damage. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and hmm. so maybe that's why I can't hear because we didn't have air, <laughs> air conditioning as a kid. Um, but it's one of those things that that droning noise damages your hearing. So nobody wants that. Nobody wants wind hair. You know, I'm sure that's not fun as you're driving around. Or maybe it is if you got a convertible or a cool car. But for most of us, we want to have that air conditioning rolling. Well, we do have a couple of minutes. So what's been happening around the shop? So very, very busy. Uh, we had a local news company come in this week and do a spot for our local, um, I guess, educational piece that they're going to be airing on the news, which I thought was kind of cool. So we did that. We talked about oil consumption, preventative maintenance, which I know all of you out there listening will uh, know how I feel about that. Um, but the bottom line is I am continuing to have large repair bills that could have been prevented. Had we gotten in front of that service or you checked your fluids on a regular basis, maintained it. So we were able to do a new spot and kind of show some people some of that stuff and hopefully bring some awareness. And, uh, you know, I don't love putting in engines and whatnot. We do, and we do a very good job at it. Uh, But I would much rather you continue to get miles out of the engine you have versus it running out of oil because of some designed flaws that people are not aware of. So... That was kind of a cool event this week. That is cool. Yeah. Well, if you are out there in Radio Land and you find yourself needing uh, a question mm-hmm. or an answer to your question, yeah. I should say, you can shoot us a text on the text line 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on Getter or on our Facebook page. Both of those are at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your yes, weekend. be safe out there. Bye.